Blog Talk Radio. Podcast. This is Carol Tuttle, the host of The Child Whisperer. I'm live today to take your call in, your live questions. If you want to call in, you can call in at 347-677-1963. Thanks for joining me today. I've got a great topic for you today. It is, find it. Here we go. It is small children, siblings, sleep, and thumb sucking. We've had a variety of questions come in on those topics, so I'm going to cover that for you today. I know I have other shows that cover those topics, so make sure you access those in the archives. Today's success story is from a mom, type 3 mom named Judy. Judy writes, my name is Judy, and I'm a type 3 mom. Energy profiling has created peace in our home. The other day, my 7-year-old type 3 daughter was playing with a neighborhood girl. They were having so much fun that they decided to have a slumber party that night without asking either sets of parents. The mom of the other girl suddenly came over very agitated. My daughter announced she was going to stay the night with them. My type two husband said, we have to plan that in advance and it wasn't the day to do that. Our daughter got very upset and I tried to calm her down. She has wanted to have a friend sleep over for a very long time and she was really committed in making it happen. But my husband was feeling tricked and getting angrier by the minute. When I came downstairs, he was accusing our daughter of being dishonest. I asked him to calm down and see that the other girls just got carried away and our daughter's determined nature was going to make the sleepover happen. He calmed down and understood and instead of going upstairs and punishing our daughter for lying and plotting an evil plan to disregard her parents, he discussed with her ways that they can plan that slumber party and make it fun. Thank you, Carol. I'm always a little amazed. I don't know. I'm sure I've had my moments. Thank you, Judy, for sharing that. And I think it's interesting when parents get their shame buttons, you know, buttons pushed by their kids. It goes so far because I don't think your seven-year-old daughter is capable of plotting an evil plan to lie and disregard her parents. I really don't. I just think it compounds when a parent's shame triggers get pushed by something a child does. And then because you're flooded with emotion, you go that far and then respond to your children in a disciplinary way as if they were trying to, in her words, plot an evil plan to disregard her parents. <laughs> and so thanks for seeing that, yes, your daughter's seven years old. She'd like to have a sleepover. She was bound and determined to get it done because no one was responding to her. And like I said in the book, high three children will just now disregard their parents and try and make things happen on their own because they're tired of being told to wait or they're being told no so often. And so thank you parents for getting behind her. And if you felt, you know, not every parent agrees with sleepovers. And so that's a personal choice based on your value system. And if it feels appropriate with certain people that you do that in a 
a way that supports your child. If not, you come up with alternatives to other activities that can happen. So great um, story. Thank you, Judy, for sharing that. I've got a, a question that was emailed to me about a type 1 baby that won't nap. And mom writes, my daughter is six months old. She is a type 1. I'm a type 1 mom. My daughter often wants to wake up from naps to play. What are some tips I can use to help her receive that she needs while still fulfilling her need to play? Now, you don't give me a lot of info on how often she's napping, how many hours a night she's sleeping. She's six months old. A lot of kids at that point will go down to one nap a day at six months old. And babies at that age can sleep about 14 hours every 24-hour period. And that includes naps and night sleep. That's the average. A type 1 might need less than 10 to 12 some days. Probably mom needs to get things done. You need another resource uh, that looks like having some child support in the home. Um, I had mother's helpers. I hired capable teenage girls that I could pay. And it wasn't that costly for me. It was good pay for them. And that allowed me a predictable time to be able to get things done rather than relying on naps to be that reliable time, especially with a type 1 child. So look at what's going on for you, what you need, and what are you doing before the nap, anything that would stimulate her type 1 energy. If it's too stimulating, what is she eating, what kind of activities before the nap, you got to help her wind, wind down. And sometimes she just, maybe if you need, she needs quiet time, but she's a six-month-old, and so... Again, if your energy is real sporadic, you being a type one mom, you there's so you don't give me a lot of information here. I'm giving you variables. If you're not, if she's running a lot of your energy and it's a rush energy and it seems erratic, she needs some degree of a schedule to get that nap to happen. So check those things out when you look at this. Now, another question from a type 1 mom, she writes, with seven-year-old twin boys, a type 1 and a type 4, both of them were thumb suckers, and our dentist said they needed to stop sucking their thumbs by the time they got their bonnet teeth. When they were almost five years old, we said as soon as they quit sucking their thumbs, we take them to check teeth. My type 1 dropped the habit immediately, but my type 4 has been struggling ever since. He quit for a few weeks long enough to get his trip to Chuck E. Cheese, only to pick up the habit again. He doesn't want to get caught by us when he's sucking his thumb. I'm realizing maybe this has nothing to do with his thumb and everything to do with him being in control of his life. Is there a way for us to encourage him to stop in a way that he doesn't feel controlled? Do you think this is something he'll outgrow on his own? I've been parenting as a type 3, even though I'm a type 1, and I'm worn out, frustrated, and more of a dictator in our home than the upbeat, positive person God made me to be. I now know that when I'm living true to my type 1, I will be able to take a more loving and lighthearted approach with him in whatever we do. Yeah, you're right on to saying it's more about him having some control over something. If you've been pretty much his dictator and you've not been in your energy and you've been pushy, 
that this is about needing it's subconscious for him but this is you know this is similar to a teenage type for girl creating an eating disorder it's dysfunctional but a need to control something so i'd invite him to be the one to come to resolution of how he wants to stop what you know just have a conversation he knows that seven-year-old children aren't sucking their thumbs so there's some embarrassment and humiliation for him as well that he doesn't want to talk about it because he knows that his peers his friends probably aren't sucking their thumbs this is not what seven-year-old children do it's something that babies do and toddlers and so he's probably embarrassed as well you need to bring it up in a private setting don't talk about this with other family members around recognize his sense of humiliation from it and tell him it's okay and and acknowledge that he's probably embarrassed and that he would like to stop sucking sucking his thumb he wants that as well he doesn't want to keep sucking it it's embarrassing that uh, it's just like automatic and he's got to repattern that. And I'd given an affirmation and if you know anything about tapping, I'd look at how to do the tapping and I would do some tapping with him on this old issue of I don't have control of my life, but I can control sucking my thumb. Mom's always telling me what to do, but she's not going to tell me when I can't, when I, she's not going to tell me whether I can suck some or not, I'll do it behind her back. I'm in charge, not my mom. See, these are all scripts you could tap and have him tap with. So these are the deeper beliefs that are running this habit. And you can find tapping videos on the carolblog.com. I have a really great resource call, called the Carol Tuttle Healing Center. If you go to caroltuttle.com, you can learn how to do tapping on that membership site. But there's some old beliefs that are per, um, perpetuating this behavior tendency that, uh, yes, you were setting him up to run those anyway. So thanks for acknowledging that you thought of something deeper and that your own parenting style was not um, conducive to him being a type A type four who needs some sense of authority in his world, some sense of making decisions and being supported in that and guided in that. If you want to call in with a live question, make sure you press the number one on your phone so I can see that you want to come on the air with me. Dial 347-677-1963 to get on the air with me today. But press one on your phone and it will light up that you have a question. So I'd love to talk to you today. We'll have time for sure. And Next week, I will not be doing a call-in show, even though we will have a show. Um, I'm going to be doing a recorded show, airing it at the time, but I won't be available to actually take your live calls. So this is the week to do that. I've got some travels coming up. I've been doing the Carol Tour. I've been to four of the six cities. Thank you, Seattle. We had a fabulous turnout in Seattle. About 275 people showed up. We had about an hour and a half of uh, greeting after my one-hour presentation. I was grateful to meet so many people that have incorporated energy profiling with massive uh, positive results in their life up in the Seattle area. And many people traveled from longer distances. We had some people flying in. We had people traveling three, four, five-hour car drives. And I always appreciate you taking the time and 
I felt it was rewarding. I was certainly nurtured and and encouraged by the things that I was able to share and great reminders for myself as well. And we've had a lot of positive feedback. I'm headed next week to Austin. We still have seats available at the Austin location. You can go to facebook.com forward slash the Carol Puddle to find a link to go. We'll be, I'll be there Tuesday night, the 27th in Austin. And then Wednesday we'll be in Phoenix on the 28th. I am, I'm happy to say our Phoenix event has sold out with 300 attendees. There is some exciting news that we'll be announcing in a couple of weeks about uh, first going to go on in a little different. Uh, I'm actually going to be joining uh, something bigger than my own tour, producing my own tour. I'll be announcing in a couple of weeks about uh, the 2016 dates or event that I'll be participating in that's actually going to take me to over 20 cities in the United States. And so I look forward to my announcement in a few weeks about the 2016 Carol on tour. We are not calling it the Carol tour because I'm on tour with some other really um, significant, successful and significant online influencers, best-selling authors and people that are helping change. Collectively, we're changing millions of lives and I'll announce that in a couple of weeks. So. Look forward to that and see me in Austin if you can. We've got a live caller calling in at 435 area code. Hi, you're live on the show. Hi, Carol. Good to have you. What's your name? My name is Jenna. I'm Hi, a type Jenna. 2 mom. Hi. Um, I have a type 2 son. He's a kindergartner. Um, his secondary is a 1, I'm pretty sure. Um, but talking to a teacher at school, he has to take time to make decisions. Yeah. And I'm I'm well aware of that, but he's got to keep up with the class. So in his time. Wait, do you know the teacher's type? I'm sorry, the teacher's type. Do you know his teacher's type? Yeah. No, I don't I don't know. I would say she's a one. Yeah, I'm asking because she'll pace pace her class more to her nature, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. She is really good with him, and she'll sit him next to her when they do classwork, and she says, she prepares him, okay, we're going to move on to the next one. Um, Because usually he gets caught up in trying to decide which red crown to use or things like that. But in the meantime, he also can get distracted. So, okay. Um, so what I'm wondering how, is how, how, old, how old how old is he again? He's six. So he just knew it's the whole school thing, huh? Oh yeah. Well, how long is his school, school day? Kindergartner day. Okay, so it's not a full day event. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so good. I just want to help him keep up on his own because I know. Not not every teacher is going to be supportive that way. Well, so. part of that are you is the teacher concerned? Is she talking to you, or you are primarily concerned? Yes, yes. she is concerned too. She because she doesn't want him to get frustrated, especially this young. Um, and he knows the answers. He just has to have the time. So. Yeah, but it's almost like you're both trying to prevent something in his future rather than working with it so he 
creates a foundation that will allow him to move move at a healthy pace. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like there's pressure on him from this. Well, we we're because every the way you've talked about it is I don't want him to something in the future. Yeah. And so it's like, well, that's why he's only six, and you're trying to support what is now so he can create. Because, see, what happens for a type two is the more familiar something is, the more comfortable the experience, the more the pace is creates the steady flow. But because yeah. he's feeling this pressure that we want to do something, you know, work with it as it is now to help him create film familiarity with being in a classroom getting schoolwork done so that he creates a comfortable flow with it mm-hmm. rather than being worried about him getting stuck and he's going to carry this through his educational experience. I think it's yeah. appropriate for a six-year-old type two to need a little more time and get familiar with the process of being in a classroom and learning. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because preschool kind of doesn't too. count. You know what I'm saying? Preschool doesn't uh-huh. really count because this is a scheduled sort of, there's expectations, there's, and the more he feels the pressure, the more he can't move forward. Yeah. Yes. And that makes sense. And it's my type two in planning for the next year. And yeah. You know, yeah, we're the future. <laughs> so. But you're going to create what you don't want by saying we better fix this now so you're not doing it in a year, five years, ten years from now. And say, well, what fixes it is supporting your process so the more familiar it is, the more comfortable you are, the more you just get it done. Uh-huh. Okay. To me, there's not a so, problem. Yeah. But you can create one. Yeah, that's true. I need to... Look at where my energy is focused. Yeah, work with him so you keep what does he need for this to become very familiar so he has a confidence level to move forward on his own initiative. What's mm-hmm. causing those are the questions and what is it that's causing him any kind of pressure or stress mm-hmm. that's ca- causing him to shut down? You know that. You know what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. So those just look at those two factors. So re- remove the the unnecessary stressors and support creating more familiarity. So he gains confidence and co- and comfort. Okay. Now should I talk to the teacher about that and tell her maybe we just shouldn't worry about this? And of course, I'd give her a job wish for book and read it. <laughs> Please make sure reading yeah. this, uh, this section and. If she's a type one, they're typically pretty open, you know, to go, okay, sure. I want to learn more about kids. Yeah, it's all in how you approach it. But sure, say I've had some insights on his behalf. I think I'm, you know, projecting too far in the future, and I'm actually going to create the problem I don't want by the fact my being worried about the future is putting pressure on him now. He's only six. He's learning how to do school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Carol. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Line still open at 347-677-1963. Back to our email questions. 
Got a type 2 mom who wrote in, almost every single day, my kids run upstairs while I'm cleaning up for meals, and my three-year-old type 1 daughter helps my two-year-old type 2 son get his clothes and diaper off. Then she encourages him to pee and poop on the carpet. He used to do this on his own regularly, so we started putting on clothing that he could not get off easily, but my daughter gets a kick out of it, so now she helps him get his clothes off just so he can do it. I am so tired of scrubbing the poop out of the carpet and having the upstairs smell like a toilet. I want them to be able to play together on their own without me having to monitor them constantly, but I feel like I can't let them be on their own anymore with this going on. I've tried all the approaches I can think of to communicate that this is something I don't want them to do, but they continue to do it and laugh over how funny they think it is. Is this a sign that I'm controlling them too much in some other aspect of their life? What do I do? Um, Okay, you're dealing with, again, a three-year-old and a two-year-old. Okay, so talking reason to these children is not translating to the result. Reasonable conversations of, let me explain to you why this isn't a good idea, doesn't really, again, you've got to prevent temptations. You have to set things up so that you're not being, your children it's very difficult for them to play out what's become a pattern. So you have to intervene with creating a different setup, and it may require more of your attention in the meantime. Now, your type 3 daughter, I don't think she's old enough to help you clean it up. Have her help you clean it up. It's not real pleasant. But again, you're saying, yeah, right now you don't want to leave them to themselves. But I would say they're very young. So right now you need to prevent them having this chance to, you're setting them up by them being able to be in a space to do it. And they're getting some kick out of this. I'm not sure about what the motive would be. <laughs> for this. Is, you know, these aren't your typical questions. Um, there's something, why is your, ask yourself, Ask God, why is my type 1 daughter acting out this way? Why is she finding something that's extreme to be so humorous? Am I controlling her too much? Is she not experiencing enough fun and a sense of spontaneity in her world? What's causing my daughter to go to this extreme to even... Children don't want their parents to be upset, really. So something's going on that... There's a reason she's provoking you. And again, not not because she's this evil, you know, ill-willed child. It's a stress response. And so it's coming back at you. The stress that she's carrying is being directed back at you, causing you stress. It's this sort of unfortunate stress cycle when a child isn't being parented true to their nature. That energy then finds its way back to the parent through the child's misbehaving in a way and especially the younger they are, the um, the less conscious intent they can operate from. There's just a, a kind of a reactive quality to the whole cycle. So you want to break this pattern. And then reward the good behavior, type 1s and type 3s. I think all children respond very favorably to positive changes when behavior is shifted to a positive outcome. And that there's a recognition of that positive outcome. And so you're incur you're disciplining what you don't want her to do. How are you acknowledging and rewarding when she obeys and she's doing things that you again, if you're 
in, engaging her true to her nature that she's able to um, recognize the positives that you're noticing. And is there a lot of that going on? Or is there just a lot of attention to the things that she's being disciplined for? So that will eventually grow into them being able to play together without this kind of extreme antics going on. But right now, you may have to be consistent with making, you know, it's kind of like they'll forget about it eventually. But if it's happening routinely, maybe you do need to step in and keep them from being alone, especially if you say it's in these particular settings when you're cleaning up and they know mom's not paying attention here. So consider all that. Again, pray, ask those questions. They're very uh, specific to understand. Is, it, what is, what, is there anything I'm doing that's causing my child undue stress that's setting them up to then act out where the stress comes back to me? And um, what was the other question I had you asking? What can I do? I'm not sure if this was it, but here's another one. What can I do to recognize, help me to recognize the good behavior and to really enforce the positive? But listen back to my question, write down the notes, the things that I, things come to me pretty quick. So make some notes of what I've said and then take it from there. And with God's help, you'll get this resolved and believe that you can. Then another type two mom writes in, I have two daughters. I have an eight-year-old type two and a three-year-old type one. My children struggle to get along, especially when we transition from one activity to another. My oldest is very compliant, but my three-year-old is on her own time and agenda. One example is with bedtime. How do I get them ready for bed, into bed, and falling asleep without a fight and without them constantly needing more water, a trip to the bathroom, or are their blankets fixed? Yes, I know that can get old. So again, you have an eight-year-old type two and a three-year-old type one. And I'm assuming, see, now we got vastly different age ranges here. And so maybe that, what you know, are you treating them? Are you are you treating the eight-year-old as the older child? There's there's five years here, and an eight-year-old is vastly different than a three-year-old. And so an eight-year-old needs to be treated with a little more a type two, two eight-year-old. It's going to be treated very differently than a type one three-year-old. So you pose the question, though, as though they're very close in age, and um, you need to their bedtime. Your type, your eight-year-old should be able to manage her own bedtime with her making a plan. You being a part of that plan, as far as tucking her in, saying good night, things of that quality of all that. But yet, put, are they going to bed at the same time? It would seem to me the type 1 three-year-old would be going to bed earlier than her eight-year-old sister. And the type 1 little girl, you finally just have to kind of put the foot down thing and just say, I know I've watched um, and Katie can do this and call out for the next thing. I need water. So if she doesn't like having her door shut and all and her nightlight off. And they just tell her, that's it, that's all. This is your last request. Okay, if you ask one more time, then this is the consequence that's going to happen. And it needs to be something that doesn't freak your child out because this doesn't freak Katie out. It's just she does, she has a preference for those amenities while she's going to sleep to have the door open and the nightlight on. 
but they'll leverage that to say, all right, now you're going to lose that if you now push it. And so it's a game for your type three. Are you playing a game before bed? Are you engaging her in a gameful kind of approach to getting ready for bed? Because she's making this whole get me the water, uh, trip to the bathroom, blankets fixed. It's kind of a game for her. So what can what kind of a effective game can you replace that in before? And then what kind of fun reward could you give her to say, okay, if you go to sleep right away, no, no calling out this little prize is going to be for you in the morning. You get to get it. Maybe it's, you know, something in a little bag that she can't see what it is. And you could be one of her own toys that she hasn't played with in a while. It's the surprise toy. Um, maybe go to the dollar store, get a few things. But how can you make it a, a fun event rather than a fight? And notice she's just trying to make it into a game. So um, I'm excited for you to try those Implement those and see a big shift in your family system. Another call out for any live callers. You need to press one on your phone. Several people have called into the show today, but you need to press one. And I've got a caller. Um, area code 801, you are live on the show. 801-725, you are live on the show. Welcome. Hello, is it me? Hi. Yeah, it's you. How are you? <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, You're I'm welcome. doing well. Um, hey. My name is Beth. I'm a type three mom. Hi. Um, I have a question about my son. He's the one that I'm just having trouble with. And um, I'm having trouble having fun with him because it seems like there's so much to do all the time. And so I really would like the energy to be more light when I'm with him. Um, One of the instances that we've had lately is that he's in percussion. So he's constantly you know just drumming and tapping and he's talented at it but um, it also kind of drives me crazy um he is a type one who is 12 years old okay go ahead so i'd I'd love to know yeah just how to talk to him in a light way how often that needs to happen or um and also how not to be like what to do when those you know, those things happen where they're just irritating you. You know, yeah. am I supposed to count to yeah. ten or what's helpful no, to not, like, know, blow up? <laughs> there, There's a time because there is constant, there is a lot of movement. And you know, that's a great um, instrument for him to be in percussion, a lot of movement. But there's a, there, we had sort of the guideline that in the public space of the family home, you hadn't had to take your extreme movement to your own private setting after a while. So, Okay. You know, it yeah. was like, okay, you know, and to say that in an honoring way, to just say, I love it, I love who you are, and I love your movement, and I also need it to be a little quiet right now, so you mm-hmm. can keep doing that in your room, or you can just not do it, or maybe you need to go outside, but you just established mm-hmm. kind of that guideline to say, not everybody's of the same nature, and so we can <laughs> right. honor each other in the public space and just say, hey, or ask him, what's a way I can say that, they, you know, and you feel honored. Right. Right. I definitely don't want to shut him down, um, but no, I, don't but I love that. Say, I love having drumming, that conversation. Drumming in the bedroom, thanks, <laughs> or something. 
Right, right. And you're so good at talking to type ones. I mean, um, I've watched, watched the course, and, I mean, you're just so upbeat, and and you handle things well. So how how can I talk well, to I him? Think, I think you're waiting, and then it gets pan up, and then it comes out more intense. So right. you're not dealing, right. you're, you're holding back, being overly cautious, wanting to prevent hurting him, then it builds mm-hmm. up for you, and then it's just bam, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's too much because it's been kept in. But how much playtime should I have, like, with him every day? Like, he loves to jump on the trampoline and play Legos and things, but I'm – I have the list running, you know, and I'm like, oh, so, I mean, maybe setting a timer or something, but, but what yeah, do you, you think is reasonable? Yeah, you know? like that, though, you know, honestly, I don't think, I think 30 to 40 minutes of chores is enough. Uh-huh. Because otherwise, you're okay. just using them to get your stuff done. Sure. Okay. And it's like an hour, That's a good guy, hour and a half, you know what I'm saying, it's, then if he wants right. to hire him, I must see there's another way to engage your children. If there's sort of the the contribution as a family member and then as a type three mom, I was like, well, I want more things done, but it's not really compatible with, you know, I can't use my children as my, uh, my labor team. I, I, then you can yeah. offer them. There was on my friend um, who I'm actually, I should do it. This is a good time. To mention Jill Nystel, who has One Good Thing by Jilly, and she had a post a couple of weeks ago where she has this, this um, just a board that she puts strings on, like a cork board or something, and then she uses tiny little uh, clothes hanging clips or paper, you know, paper clips, and she has jobs with how much she's paying for them with the money in the envelope oh, hanging great. on the board. And they mm-hmm. can any time beyond their their regular chores, they can choose to make some money then. And she just has, and I thought that's a great thing for a type three mom. It's just put this the, yeah. the <laughs> paid board up, you know. It's like the jobs that I'm willing to pay you for because I want extra help mm-hmm. around here, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you go to One Good Thing by Jilly, she posted it. It's been a couple weeks, but it was this. It wasn't a regular chore board. It was a job board. Mm-hmm. I get that. See the difference, yeah. though? Because well, he might, you might yeah. engage him more, but, you know, it's, kids start to resent you if you're using them as the labor, you know, the your hired help and not paying them. It's true. It's true. Well, and... I love that you encourage us to move at our own speed, you know, and let them move at their own speed. I mean, it just, it's, it feels so good to accomplish things myself. So just giving myself that time is so great and so valuable. So, so yeah. So um, as far as when he gets home from school or when he wakes up in the morning, how do you talk to type one? You know, I I don't think about it that much. I just meet them, and they're <laughs> they 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 get my they bring my energy up, so it's easy. Right. They I let them right. kind of lift my mood, so then I kind of yeah. play off their energy. Okay. I don't try and be the origin of the energy. I let their energy support me in being lighter. Right. I just think See? things have been pretty heavy for him. 
So yeah. he's not always positive in the morning or maybe in the afternoon. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you know, getting yeah, up yeah. every day and going to school, it's be a drag if you're a type one or a type three because it's so routine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always huh. say give him one one day a month where you can go in late, get out early, or not go at all. I would do that. <laughs> That's awesome. I would. Yeah. I mean, if you can work it, maybe you have to do that once every two months. Or, but how can you throw into the mix for a type 1 or a type 3 child? I was talking to my daughter, my oldest daughter. Her type 3 son got his tonsils out on Monday. And I said, the biggest benefit for him right now is he doesn't have to go to school every day. He thinks this is great. And I said, yeah. for type 3, they tend to, they tend to need to, they don't want the routine. It's just you need to have the right to say, I'll be in charge of what I do. And you mm-hmm. need to build in, I told her, you need to build in some controlled rebellion. So he thinks he's rebelling, but you're really staging it. <laughs> so he That's thinks, perfect. Yeah, I'm getting out of school early, you know. And for type yeah. ones, they just need a break from the regimen mm-hmm. for the simple fact okay. that it gets too heavy and serious to say, all right, you can, every two months, you can have your get out early, go in late, or get out a school card. I don't know, you got to figure out what would work for your child, but, I mean, there's no harm in that going to fail. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And some I love type ones ideas. just love school. Yeah. You got to depend. It just depends on your child, you know. Secondary's coming right. to play here. A lot of things. Mm-hmm. But for those that get really, where routine is very, very difficult, if they go to the, you know, public schools, there's a way to work with that to make it successful. That's great. Thanks so much, Carol. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. Okay, have a great day. Okay, bye. You too. Thank you. Um, uh, we've been doing, if you go to One Good Thing by Jilly, for the last three weeks, she's been posting about her dressing your truth experience. I met Jilly a few months ago, and I invited her to do what uh, we kind of, uh, fondly call a celebrity makeover, but it's interesting because it wasn't your Jilly coming into our space and we made her over. I asked Jilly to please go through the course first to determine her type. If you go to dressingyourtruth.com forward slash free course, we have the free beauty profiling course. And Jilly uh, took herself through the course and then she blogged about that process. We talked about the body and appearance issues she personally faced throughout her life because unfortunately no woman's free of that particular cultural wounded uh, wounding from fashion and beauty. And she, we, we filmed those first two videos. And then yesterday on the second video that was a week ago, she declared that she was a type one. And it's so great because she, you see her type one energy expressed very much on her blog and what she does. She is the idea machine. Boy, she just comes up. I'm amazed at the ideas and how her blog is incredibly successful because of how many really fabulous ideas she continues to post. And yesterday she did a fun post because she's now going through her closet and she was looking at pictures of herself and she created these two collages, those things that outfits of herself, of her in outfits that were more typically type one and pictures of herself in more black and gray. And she can shows you those in the blog post. And next week she's going to share her reveal. She did come into our space. Um, she had chosen, she went shopping. She bought some new clothes. We did give her a hair makeover in our salon, but uh, we filmed it. She's going to 
share that video next week. So go to One Good Thing by Jillian. If you're a mom that you have to experience addressing your truth experience, I invite you to go through the free online course and to get involved in this one critical experience that you choose to, not because you want to always, but because it's a um, necessity of our lifestyle is you get dressed every day. And every day you could be experiencing shame and residual guilt because of you're not feeling in your clothes, but you've just become accustomed to it and you become kind of normalized to it and you don't know the difference until you've learned to dress your truth. So make sure that you, uh, that that's the thing. You don't have the after factor of knowing how much better you feel until you've learned to dress your truth and you've started to apply it for at least 20 to 30 days. We invite women to go through our 30-day challenge because then you'll have a real distinct comparison to say, I do feel different. I feel better. And I feel grateful that I now feel good about my body and appearance. And it affects your energy on many other levels as well. So check out One Good Thing by Jilly and her blogging about dressing her truth. And I invite you to join the Dressing Your Truth community as well. And join the um, go to the Child Whisper blog. We have a wonderful blog post to the parents of the overly sensitive boy. We've done a series on each of the four types of girls that were very, very successful. And this is uh, the next offering in our series for parents of boys to understand their types and some of the things that parents do unknowingly that are the most wounding to type two boys and how to stop that and some, some ahas to remind you what empowers these these wonderful boys and how you want to parent them true to their nature to give them the to help instill in them the truth of who they are and grow a personality their nature. We've got uh, wonderful every day if you you can listen to podcasts every day. You can go to the child deliver on iTunes, just go to iTunes and to the podcast, and you got to do is type in Carol, come up, you can subscribe. Also, a daily dose of support can be found on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the child whisperer. Thanks for calling in, moms, and thanks for your email questions. I love supporting you, and have a wonderful week creating your amazing family. And remember, you are always doing the best you know how. What's amazing and what makes you such a fabulous parent is that you're striving to always learn and grow and do what you can to improve your parenting experience to better understand your children, to support more love and harmony being felt and expressed in your home by all members of your family. God bless you in that effort, and I look forward to talking to you next week. As a teacher, healer, speaker, Best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.